Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. Welcome to Grit and Gravitas, and I've actually forgotten what episode we are, but we're we're getting up there. Anyway. I think we're double digits. <laughs> uh, so we, I sent yeah. I sent Ian a, a statistic. This Jessica Myers and Ian will, will tell us uh, a lot more about Jessica. But uh, after ten, most cease. So ten is the magic number. Eighty percent cease. You know, don't get to ten, and I think we're there. I think we're eleven on this one. Gangbusters. Anyway, Grit and Gravitas, welcome, <laughs> Jessica Myers. We're super excited to have you in the Grit and Gravitas podcast studio. Thank you for having me. I feel really honored oh, to yeah. be with my two of my favorite people. Privileged. Privileged. <laughs> yeah. We're privileged. This will be the you. fastest 30 minutes of your professional day. We'll, we'll put it that way. And we do, we get about five minutes in, then we say, okay, Jessica has to come back. Uh, Leslie Farrar has to come back. Nancy Ryan, we've got a whole list of, of people that have to come back. But we are all about savvy, spirited stories of success. And woven in this um, are some setbacks and some comebacks and some pivot stories. And you have an incredible journey as president and CEO of Gem Group. So you founded your own construction management firm. And we want to dig deeper in that because I got to tell you, looking at this gorgeous young mom here... That Please. might not be the first thing people think of. Like, I know that your your Instagram photos, if you're in a hard hat, they look really awesome. I'm sure they do. <laughs> well, not everybody can wear a hard hat like <laughs> I do, but thank you. Tell us a little bit about your backstory, and then we, we want to go deeper into some uh, grit and resilience and some nuggets that our listeners are really going to learn And the from. gravitas is obvious. I mean, she walks in a room and changes I mean, the see, room. I missed the, the memo. All right, all right. Gravitas, There's but, clearly yeah. an equestrian thing We're going on We're a little girl here. moment here, I think. So, <laughs> Jessica Myers. Too kind, too kind. Do share. Yeah, I, I would love to, and... Um, a lot of times when I tell people what I do, they kind of look at me like I'm an alien when I say that I own a construction <laughs> a company and they always look at me and go, you own what? You know, how did that happen? Um, so just to go back, you know, a, a, a little ways. Um, so when I was growing up, I used to walk around and tell everybody that I was going to be a lawyer and Ooh. I was going to go to Princeton. So, Ooh, you know, I, I was, I was not lacking gear. any confidence. High aspirations. <laughs> at, at age eight. Oh, good. My reality ended up being that I went to the esteemed uh, West Virginia University. Good. And, the party school. And majored in political science. And I did not select West Virginia for its academics, but rather the social opportunities <laughs> that it had to offer me. 
and a good time was had by all. Um, So I spent two years there. Um, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Pick political science. I thought, well, if this lawyer thing's still hanging around, I could end up going to law school. Two years in, got a little restless at West Virginia, loved it, but wanted to do something different. Transferred to Penn State um, University Park. Um, At that point in time, I changed my major and my mom said to me, and I was still afraid of my mom, of my mom at that point in time. (laughs) And she said, you can transfer, but you better make sure you're done in four years or else. Well, that's good advice. Well, I was scared (laughs) and I didn't know what would happen if I didn't get done. So when I was thinking about what to to transfer into major wise, I knew I had to make sure I could get done in in four years, but I still just had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I didn't have that calling. I didn't have that passion. I was jealous of my friends that knew what they wanted to do. And I started to feel kind of anxious about that. But nonetheless, I majored in communications, you know? didn't know A very noble The (laughs) catch-all. The catch-all. Figured, well, that's not going to hurt anything. So spent two great years at Penn State. Um, During my summers off, and here's a little sneak peek, um, I worked for my stepfather who owned a local construction company called Reynolds Construction. And I was the receptionist two years in a row. Was really good at answering the uh, the phone and stamping and drawings and greeting people. And I did that 40 hours a week, two summers in a row. Um, so finally graduate, not finally in four years, as mother told me <laughs> from Penn state. And then she said, you better get a job immediately. There's, there's no summer off. There's no gap year, like get yeah. to work. So my mom was, was big on, on work ethic. So I started having a couple of interviews. Wasn't really, again, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I, I didn't like that feeling. So my stepfather said, what would you think about coming to um, work at Reynolds? And I thought, oh, wow. come on. I don't know anything about construction. It was fine for the summer, but I'm definitely not doing that. Definitely not doing that. So a little more time goes by. He's a pretty persuasive. He said, why don't you just give it a try? So I thought, okay, here's a door that's opening in sure. front of me. Nothing else is, is calling to me. I'm going to give this a try. So I walked through that door, didn't really know what that was going to mean. And he said, okay, well, if you're going to come work for me, you're going to go out into the field and you're going to see what we do firsthand. So didn't get an office job. I got sent out to a job site for two years at the Milton Hershey School. And those of us that are local here in central Pennsylvania know the Milton Hershey School and they've been building big things for years. And I got assigned to uh, the student home renovation project, which if you've ever seen one of the student homes at Milton Hershey, they're 10,000 square feet. So they're not your <laughs> typical student home. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I went out to work with a, a team of men and you can imagine how thrilled they probably were that the, the stepdaughter of the, of the CEO owner, of company, yeah. here's a gift, enjoy. So um, now were you in full construction attire? Like in um, the field with them, so we were out in you know we were out in a trailer. Okay, um, you got actually, boots on, and you've got uh... when I needed to wear boots, I, I wore boots, okay. but you know um, had my hard hat. Yeah, yeah. So I, you wear the gear when you need the gear. Yeah, safety glasses. You wear the hat. You wear the boots. <laughs> I think that's an OSHA thing or something. <laughs> you wear the safety vest. Okay, I, I have all of all of that in my trunk. I could have worn it. I should have worn it in here today. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Our next photo op. <laughs> yeah, next photo op. Um, so anyway, I spent two years out there with those guys and you know, I, I learned a tremendous amount and they accepted me and, and they taught me and I reflect on them like why'd that happen? You know, yes. why did they help me? And um, you know, one of the lessons that I learned early on was, you know, to be humble 
and to listen and to learn and to not pretend to know anything that I didn't. And, and that's what I did. So I had a great two years out there. And some of the guys that I work with are still colleagues of mine today. And we oh, laugh wow. about, you know, about You're that time. and President and CEO now. <laughs> and how things evolved. So kind of to not elongate this fast forward, I did end up coming back and getting an office job. And I was uh, doing business development um, for Reynolds Company. It was really growing at that, that point in time. And uh, got the opportunity to do a lot of other interesting things during my time there, served on uh, the executive team and, and really started to build my foundation to, um, you know, become a business owner. It was not in, in my sights at that point in time. So kind of what led me, you know, to GEM. So spent about 10 years um, at Reynolds. And one of the things that was happening um, in the city at that time, there's a lot of big building going on. Market Square mm -hmm. Plaza was being built. Um, a lot of the things that are, you know, permanent there today that, that we saw kind of in that late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. And Mayor Reed was very committed to making sure there were diversity, was diversity represented on the construction projects. One of the challenges um, at Reynolds who built a lot of those buildings was, you know, finding um, qualified, diverse subcontractors. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the seed got planted to say, you know, there's an opportunity here in the marketplace, okay. you know, to start a company, to address this, the void in the market mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of, you know, build something. And so that's really where the, the initial seed was planted about, um, starting gem group about yeah. starting a, a woman owned woman led, um, construction firm. And I started that company at the end of, of 2003 and, 17 years later, I'm still here. Were you the first in Harrisburg? Were there any other women-owned construction companies or Central PA? Yeah, I'm not aware of any other commercial general contractors, um, you know, in Central PA. I mean, could there have been another? Uh, perhaps, but not, no one you that's probably you know, on my radar. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, you know, definitely unique. So walk us through some of the grit required. Can, can I ask something first? Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I know. That, right? Right? Annie's I'm like, I, Annie's like I'm I've sorry. been really quiet. As like, my turn. Uh, you go. What you go. I think one of the common themes, Jessica, to the, to the powerful, successful women leaders we've had on the show is listening. And I do that extraordinarily well. And it's a huge part of, of my success. But when you go back to quote unquote business development, is that a euphemism for sales? And so is it's a quintessential male-dominated industry, mm -hmm. as evidenced by not naming another female-owned um, female competitor. And is it, is it sales? Is it the best price wins? Is it, what is it? When you say business development, right? Is that is that outreach saying, hey, I think at some point you're gonna build something? Is it is it relationships? Now, you know, full disclosure, you, Gem Group is building Universal's new building, and that's Yay. solely because of the relationship yeah. you and I have. And and there's a relationship, but that's that's central to me. There's there's a reputation, mm -hmm. there's work you've done, which I think your social does an outstanding job of promoting. So I think for women, I'm, I'm always going to say I'm sales and it's, it's pivoted to persuasion now, but it's all sales, mm -hmm. whether it's my team, whether it's a partner, whether it's a vendor, how was it then? Was it sales? Because that's a crucial component to a business. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think for me, those words are interchangeable, business development, sales. I mean, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, but you hit the nail on the head. It's relationship building. Yeah. yeah. Um, relationships, relationships, relationships. Like I remember that early on when I was being mentored in sales, business development, that that's all where it starts. You know, get in early. You know, once the word's out in the street that there's a project, you're too late. You know, you want to be having those conversations early with, you know, people that are in your target market before they even know maybe that they need, you know, a project. You know, who do I want to do business with? You know, what what customers, you know, align with, um, you know, our philosophies and, you know, would benefit from our services. So, you know, we try to make those identify you know, those targets and start to build relationships early. Does it happen every time? No, it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, we're a little bit later to the game, but that's when we have the most success, when we can really get to know folks early on, understand, you know, what are their, what are their goals? What are their, they, right. what are they trying to achieve? And we started talking about your project, Annie, years and years and years ago. And it was, this, it was solely, you know, here's the <clears throat> land we need to find, period. Like these are the guardrails. This is the lane we have to stay in, but Jessica, when that happens, you're gonna you're gonna build it. And you Talk know about a relationship. My word is That's... my bond, and there just was no and you know, I and and I think, look, I think unequivocally, you run a tremendous company. I'm not gonna end the qualifier for a woman. Right. right. Like you're you're every bit to me, reputation wise, the best person to do this. And of course I'm gonna enjoy more of the time along the way with you, but um, I just, I just look at those relationship building when there's not necessarily a light at the end of the tunnel that isn't a train that then people say to me, well, when, when should I stop calling on someone? When is it really a waste of my time? And my answer to that is when do your instincts tell you that you just don't enjoy anything about that person anymore? Because there's always something for me to be gained by time with someone that doesn't necessarily have that honey pot at the end. Like I'm doing this because I think down the road, I'm going to get something from you. That's too transparent. It's yeah. too disingenuous yeah. and people ferret that out. So I, I just come back to that business development and you, you know, you're on boards of companies. You're, you're, you're in the charitable community. I mean, you're out there with your time. And I think all of that runs into a quantifiable way that says you're, you're very, very successful. Well, thank you. You know, without saying that we can, we can quantify that. You can't quantify that. You're either out there or you're not. And you're a wife, you're a mother. You have every bit the amount of things all of us as women have that makes you the CEO of a lot more than just your company. And I try to instill that in my team too. I mean, you, you need to be visible in, in your community. Um, that's you so important to, to be involved and really roll up your sleeves. And I've been invited to serve on numerous boards. And I don't say yes, unless it is an organization that, you know, I really align with with their mission. And I know that I'm going to be involved in do work. I don't just sit on a board so that I can put it on, you know, in my bio. Right. That that doesn't work for me. That's so phony, I've probably right? said no more than I've said yes. But the things that I've said yes to, um, I've I've stayed involved Fully for embraced. a very very yeah. long. They're time meaningful contributions. And, you know, have you know had leadership roles in those boards because I'm involved. I, I enjoy it. them, and I just think that's really really important. Does it does it result in in positive things for uh, my business sometimes? Absolutely, and that's okay. That's just sort of a um, 
you know, a positive, you know, benefit that, that comes out of it. But that's, that's never the primary reason. But right. It is important to give back and be visible, you know, in the community. And I try to um, push that down into the culture of, of GEM. And to follow that up, I want to, again... Back full, to Gritty. Now it's time for Gritty. Anyway, I have to slip oh, this in. Oh, sorry. Full okay. <laughs> Full disclosure, uh, Jessica serves on the Salvation Army Harrisburg uh, Capital Region Board with me, and we are so blessed to have your all-in leadership and support and your attendance and your teams, just your wisdom and insight. And, I, you know, I can't speak for you, but it's one of the uh, best uses of my time when, when I was asked to serve. I thought, and like you, we align ourselves with different missions and visions, and I don't say yes to everything, but... That was a win, and it proved even more prescient during COVID that it was a good use of all of our leadership time. Yeah, it's been one of my favorite boards that I've served on, and in fact, it's I kind of categorize it as sort of like a human, you know, services board, and this is the first one that I've ever served on like that, and it really opened my eyes to so many other yeah. parts of our community and and needs and. Um, it's been, you know, outstanding. And I think everybody needs to have that experience. You need to have that get up close and personal and see what's really happening in it's the community. It's a reality check. It is a community. reality check. And, you know, Salvation Army hits so many, you know, pockets, you know, youth and, you know, homeless and, Nutrition, you know, um, education. yeah, there's just so many pockets. They really are a catch-all for many things. And um, so thank you for inviting <laughs> me to that board and, you know, broadening, you know, my perspective of the community. Love having you. So now we can do the grit. Um, let's drill down a little bit deeper and obviously getting, you know, from think to build for gem group, you had to either do a lot of self-talk. You obviously have great self-confidence, but a lot more is required to open up and run and scale a construction company. So tell us as a female, what kind of, you know, conversations did you have? What skills uh, did you feel you needed to add? And, and where did the grit come from? Wow, that's like 10 <laughs> questions all in one. Um, well, I'll go back to kind of the, the earlier days. Um, there was so much that I didn't know. I didn't realize it at the time, but I do now as I've, you know, sort of... Um, learned on the job. Yeah, learned on the job and built my toolbox. No pun yeah. intended there. Um, <laughs> she used build. All one the, of the puns things are flying. that was critical for me early on was to make sure that I had, for for the areas that I had voids where I was not strong, yeah. which were, were many early on. I was 30 years old. Wow. I mean, that was one of the reasons I was able to do it because I thought, what? Do, I mean, this is the best time to do this because if, sure. if I fail, I can reinvent myself. So that was, you're talking about self-talk. That's how I talk. But did you think you, like, how much did that play in? My guess is it didn't play in very large because you were willing to go in the deep end. Like, did you ever think, you know, 50-50, I might fail? Or did you say, okay, it's always a possibility, but I'm... I'm 95%. Yeah. I knew win. it was always a possibility, but I wasn't going to let that head trash there. circulate in there great, um, too great, long. Great. Right. And that's not, not a good use of energy. Um, so I kind of let that go right away. And, but I also, you know, I, I read this Dale Carnegie book year ago, years ago. It's called the worry book. And it was a good book for me Good. Um, really early on in, in, in my career. And it basically, one of the things that he said in that book is, you know, think about what the worst case scenario is of something that you're worried about accept that outcome, right? And then move on. So that's what I did. I sat there and I said, yeah. what's the worst thing could happen? I fail, I bankrupt this company and then what? And then I'm going to go out and get a job making six figures because I'm really good at selling stuff <laughs> or whatever. Good, I mean, yeah. To me, but so yes. that's, so I kind of had that mental check and then, you know, I moved on. Good. But one of the things I did do is I built a good team 
-hmm. around me. I mean, first an external team. So, you know, making sure I had a good CPA, a good bank in my corner, um, a good counsel. And I had all of those things. And I relied on those resources for guidance in areas that, you know, I just had no clue about. Um, So that was really key. And then, you know, just building um, an internal team. It is no secret that I do not have a technical background, right? I don't have an engineering degree. I don't have an architecture right. degree. I don't have a degree in construction management. So it's really important for me, you know, to build that strong technical sure. team uh, around me. Do I know a lot more um, about construction today than I did 25 years ago? Absolutely. I know enough to be dangerous. They, always, You know, my team, when I start <laughs> to say too much, they're like, oh boy, where's this going? But, you know, I know how to use my resources. Again, never pretend to know anything that I don't. And when I'm in a meeting with, you know, a, a client like Annie, if she point blank asks me a question and I don't know it, I, I divert to someone sure. else. But anyway, building that really um, strong internal team was was critical um, for for you know me at, at the beginning. Good. And and for me to to just visualize the worst that can happen, I'm a hundred percent that then regardless of what does, I feel like I've already been there. It's okay, and any of the failure is not an option. Sure, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. And so I just embrace that to your point, huge, huge visualization person. But is that lurking? And to your point, I just don't focus on it. I never have. So I had a bankruptcy. Worst it could happen did. And then the feedback on that, you know, beyond people not knowing, well, why would they know? Is that X amount of years later, I did it again. I left it all behind again to go start something new midway through my career. Now, not my company. Learned I didn't want my own company. But same thing. I just fearless. You know, the risk is minimized. Two years. What happens? And probably every day for those first two years, I thought, what have I done? Can't do this. So as the Too company tough. as the company grew, just kind of listening to you. Um so, you know, in the first year or two, it didn't feel like I had as much to lose. But as I, I built this company and yeah. had more employees and more clients, That's it. things started to feel a little different. Um the other thing that I wanted to mention, and you and I have talked about this before, um, is I got um certified as a as a woman-owned business and a disadvantaged business to be able to, you know, compete, compete on certain state contracts. And, you know, a lot of people said as soon as you get that, you know, you're just gonna have contracts are gonna fall out of the sky. Well, let me just tell you that that <laughs> did not happen. Um, um, so, you know, I had to, just like everybody else, start to build, you know, my portfolio. Um, I had a good base of, um, of contacts from doing business development at my, you know, at my prior um, a- employer. So I had that to, to build upon. Um, but it was, that took me a little bit, you know, by surprise because everyone's like, you get those certifications and, sure. and here it comes. The other big challenge thinking of grit was, when you sort of market yourself as a woman-owned small business, people like to put you in that box yeah, keep you there. and try to keep you there. And I had to deal with that um, for a number of years. And I would say it's just in probably the past three to five years that I've been able to break out of that box. And the way that I've, you know, our, our team's been able to do that is just by performing. There's yeah, no other right. way to do it. You have to put your time in. You have to, you know, build that, that project resume. Dues to pay. And so now I can say... Yeah, I built a twelve million dollar project last year. Yeah, I did a fourteen million dollar project. Now, let me be clear: it's not just about big projects, but I want to be able to, you know, dip down and do the small stuff. But I also want to be able to scale up, and I don't want to be put in a box because we're a small, diverse right, business right, or we're right. a woman-owned business. And and that label um, stuck it's with important. us for quite yeah. some time. And 
Does it still come, you know, once in a while? Uh, yeah, it does. We'll see. We're pitching a $17 million job next week. So we'll see if they, uh, oh, if they say, well, you know, <laughs> you are a small business. So, but that, that's, you know, speaking of, you know, challenges. But you have to start somewhere and that gave yeah. you at least an opportunity sure. for the certification to be known. And look at all the people that you were presenting in front of, you know, all of a sudden your, your reputation grows and now you're pitching a significant, you know, And it's, it has been a benefit too, because it's a differentiator, right? Right. Um, you know, being a, a woman-owned, woman-led business in a male-dominated industry, you know, there's only 10% of our industry is is women. Yeah. You know. Um, That's crazy. So, and, and I'm trying to lead by example at Gem Group, you know, 35% of, of our staff um, are women and that this is, those are not just administrative positions. These are, you know, leadership roles and we have women out in the field they have hard in hats on. boots <laughs> running jobs. Okay. Young ladies, mud. if you're listening, like this is pretty cool now. Very cool. Um, you know, and I, because I'm in PR and marketing and branding, I love your building to improve lives, which is Thank your you. tagline. Mm -hmm. And I think it ties in with Urban Land Institute and our shared passion of the built environment really does affect every community and the health and wellness of people, how you build physical structures, how people walk to them or through them or how they navigate them is, uh, can be game changing because those structures are here for decades, a long, long time. But kind of reminds me what Leslie said, Jessica's, um, building to improve lives weaves a story into something that is a time and materials concept, like it's, it's concrete and it's yep. steel. Well, it's not really, you know, you're thinking of the end young person user in that building and how they would use, uh, all the talent that you're putting into it. And really, uh, I love the idea that, that you're seeing it as a story, as part of a community. And Leslie said the same thing with, uh, you know, Milton Hershey. That's, you know. Well, it's so, it's so ironic with the power of the women who have been kind enough to grace us with their time and tell us their story and tell everyone your story, Jessica, is, you know, Leslie Ferraro, the chief marketing officer at Hershey Entertainment Resorts, you know, made the pivot from PepsiCo to Hershey Entertainment Resorts, and you are Chocolate Town. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and you're, you're going to hear about the passion of her in a mission that benefits disadvantaged kids at the heart of it all and how to amplify that legacy. And are you kidding me? You're both tied by that in some way, shape, and form. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up um, about building to improve mm -hmm. lives. And this is part of you know, us maturing, you know, as a business sure. about five years ago, we were doing our, our business planning. And I think everybody's, not everybody, but many people have listened to Simon Sinek's mm -hmm. talk on the why. And I'm in Vistage, and I think that's probably, we listened to it there. And we're shout in our business planning. And I, said, and I said, yeah, shout out to John Dame. I said, guys, we need to define our why. And they're like, well, what do you mean why? We're, we're here to make money. We're here to give people jobs. And I said, no, that's that's not what There's I'm so talking about. More. So There's much so much more. more. And so we everybody had a homework assignment after that planning session is to go back and think about the why. And I really thought long and hard about that. And I was like, why am I here? Why am I, why do I do what I do? And I'm like, and at the core of it, that was what I kept coming back to. I'm like, what we do impacts lives, improves lives. 
community, our employees, our subcontractors, our suppliers. We're, you know, every, that, that whole process is making, you know, so much impact. And so, you know, every, I came back to the group, everybody had their, their little thing written down. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we ended up with. But that is something it. we talk about. Love we talk it. about the stories. Sometimes they're big stories, right? You know, like, you know, a Joshua Learning Center where, you know, Kirk Hallett was able to expand his early education yeah. and after school for at risk, you know, and really change lives. And then, you know, there's smaller stories where maybe someone's workspace was improved because now they have a window. I mean, they, they're not all, That's all huge. they're not all profound, um, but we talk about those stories and capture those stories to remind ourselves, you know, why we're doing because the business we're in construction, it ain't easy. And there's a lot of headaches and it's hard. And so it's important for our team to stay grounded, stay motivated, and, you know, focus at the end of the day, like, why are we here? And to wind down the time, I mean, I think about our building. So Universal's 33 plus years, founded by uh, two brothers and another media professional, never had their own building. So 33 years of renting, now a building. And when I think of people throughout the country that that's going to become our hood ornament is going to come through there and they're going to make judgments about that. What does it look like? How, how does it feel? And so that's enormously important for us. And two rock star women leading In perpetuity, that, leading that right? project. And so you I and completely Jessica. agree with you. Yeah. So that's what I just want to, as, <laughs> as time winds down, right? Yeah. So <laughs> these are extending like to an hour, Jessica. We've discovered that we are either talking too much or we have so much to learn about uh, each of our guests. I love the weaving in of the story and just reminds us that there's a purpose. If there's not a purpose to your day, you need to step back and, and uh, really do a deep dive and, and figure out what your purpose is and, and the value that we bring every day. I thank you for the value you bring to our community, not only in service, but your buildings, your passion, your example. You're one of the rare you know, women leading an industry that, that others might not see themselves in. I know that you spend time with young, uh, female high school students just saying, um, you know, the premise that we say with Patty Husick is see one to be one. If we don't see women leading massive, uh, media companies or construction companies, then we don't even aspire to that. But you have broken barriers. You've, I'm sure everyone has their scars, but you, clearly come to your work day with a smile and a positive attitude. And, and we're going to make a difference today. And Harrisburg and Central PA is better for your, for your service and for your professional work. So thank you for gracing us with grit and gravitas. Yeah. I can't wait to see the building. Thank you. Yeah. And I just, the last thing is we all have headwinds. It doesn't matter male, female. I hate that qualification, but you know, when you say 10%, Jessica, that, that means 90% of the forces out there don't want you to succeed. They want you in that little manageable box. They want to control you. They want to determine your outcomes. And every day that struggle is real. And every day we have to not accept it and use at least part of our energy to say, I'm not going to accept that. And I have an army behind me that's going to help me not accept that. And we don't acknowledge that enough. It's exhausting. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why I, you know, I, I, I joked, I said, you know, I hate talking about myself. I feel like it's my responsibility to tell my story, you know, so that, you know, set a good example for, you know, for, for other women that you, you, you can't do this. Well, you know, whoever tells the story writes history. 
So for young women to even learn what that path looks like, they're going to Google and grit and gravitas is going to come up. Well, and part of, the, part of this is now you have legacy. Right. You know, your daughter's going to listen to this. Your son's going to listen to this. Your mom's going to listen to this. And now it's, it's recorded history for the Jessica Myers legacy. And none of this happens without you. And we're preserving that now. It's going to live in perpetuity for your legacy. And that's one of the most exciting parts of this. So thank you. So we like to end every podcast with asking our guests, is there one high gear piece of advice that you'd like to share with, you know, young listeners, mid-careerists, on-rampers, women if you would? Yes. Yeah, women stuck or, you know, young women trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, don't be afraid to take an opportunity to, to step through that door and to take a chance. Um, there's a quote that I like, and I, I might, you know, bobble it a little bit here. Um, but I, I read this quote and it sticks with me. If you have an amazing opportunity, you know, to do something, but you don't know how to do it yet, say yes and figure it figure out later. It out. Fake it till <laughs> you make it. I feel like that, you know, that was me. Uh, I didn't have a construction degree. I didn't have an architectural degree, an engineering degree. I had some business acumen. Yeah. I was really good with people. I am still really good yeah. with people, I think. So I, I had some positive qualities, but I figured it out, you know, and um, so I just, that's the advice I want to give. Don't be attitude. afraid, yes. you know, because um, with mentoring and support and creativity and consultants and the team, like you, you can do it. Whatever that opportunity is, it doesn't mean owning a business. Right. It could be, you know, a new job, a new career, taking a chance on something until you figure it out, which is what it did. I didn't know what I wanted to do and I'm going to go kill some time for two years on a job site and... And here I here here's where it can lead. So that that would be my advice. And that was time be well open. spent. It was great. Jessica Myers, uh, President and CEO of Gem Group. Thank you so much. We can't wait to see the new Universal Media. Um, oh, building. that's going to be a soiree. When, <laughs> that's going to be completed. a party. So we have we are. Um, really compiling a fabulous content library of savvy, spirited stories of success. And we're going to have to have Jessica back too. Uh, so It's our show. This is what you <laughs> tell me. We never, whatever we want. Have a high whenever gear day, want. ladies. Thanks, Jessica. Until Thank next you, time. Anne and Annie. Thanks. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. And have a high gear day. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com.